Have you ever been stoned before recording an episode of this? Why are you so far away from the mic? I don't know. Like, this is how it's set up. Like, No, what? you did that. You pulled that towards you. It should be right. You were sitting so far away. <laughs> are you frustrated with me? Yeah. Um, no, just that this is a thing. Like, why are you... <laughs> making such a big deal out of the mic situation oh because i can barely hear you you're oh. so far away from it that it's not picking me this thing is okay. in my grill <laughs> i fall in love just a little a little bit every day with someone new i fall in love just a little a little bit every day with someone new You're listening to Remodeled, the podcast. Remodeled is a project whose goal is to expand the cultural narrative on healthy relationships in order to include ethical non-monogamy, non-partnered, asexual, open, and more. We are here to redefine love. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Remodeled, the podcast. I'm your polyamorous mama, Jessica Levity, Daylover, and with me in Dream Life Studio here in the basement of our home in Reno, Nevada, is Mr. Bumble Rumble himself. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Bumble Rumble himself, Joseph Daylover. Ah, what is up, mama? Um, So tell everyone at home, if they don't follow me on social media, which, how dare you, but... If you don't follow me on social media, then you don't know that last week, Joe was on Bumble. A lot of people write in asking, how is dating app dating going for you? Because in season one of the podcast, you got on dating apps for the first time. That is correct. And it's been a journey. I've experienced a variety of connections, and this one was really cool. Right. And so she was just in town for a week, and we all know what that means. If you're Time on- is of the essence. Yes. If you're on a dating app in a city that you're only visiting for a few days... You're looking to fuck. Pretty much, yeah. They put it out there in a cool way. Right. So, um, you met up. And tell everyone the weirdest part about this whole thing. Because we're we're on the West Coast. (laughs) Okay. And tell everyone the weirdest part about this whole hookup. The weirdest part is I'm from Philly. And this person happens to be from Philly. And they're the Philly version of you, basically. (laughs) So I met the Philly version of you. She even has my name. Her name is also Jess. That is correct. (laughs) The Philly version of you in Reno. And you know what? I would. You know what? You would. She's an MC, like in the theater culture. Like it was just every one of the boxes that I check and even some of the more nuanced ones. That is correct. More importantly, also queer and strongly anti-capitalist. So hot. Um, So you met my, you you met Philly Jess. That is hilarious (laughs) to me. And when I was doing Philly Joe for her, she thought it was hilarious. Of course. So I'm glad she appreciates you. Totally. But I'm not Philly Joe to her. I'm Reno Joe. (laughs) Oh my God. My mind is blown. (laughs) Okay, so I love that you had that hookup. It was two nights. Correct. And how are you feeling now? Because I know that you were like, I need to, you know what? Yeah, totally. Great. Awesome. Because I'm in the don't fucking touch me part of postpartum. I am almost 
four months postpartum and I'm still in the don't fucking touch me. Which I totally respect, by the way. Because you're a wonderful, like, proper man. Yeah, and that is the beauty of polyamory, which it makes it significantly easier to not put all those needs onto you when it's uh, just not in the space that you're in. Totally. And I think me being like, oh, I'm so glad there's someone else to fuck my husband during my postpartum healing journey is one of those lines that is either so out of the realm of your understanding of reality that you are like, holy fuck, I can't like it's so upsetting to you that you can't even fathom it more than just like. I could never imagine my husband fucking someone else, but especially postpartum, people are like, that is horrific. Or it's like this totally divisive statement because polyamorous birthing people are like, oh, no, I fucking get it. I fucking get it. Yeah. And right there again, we come back to the division of labor, folks. (laughs) (laughs) The division of sexual labor. So I want to say, like, I can't believe how long it's taken us to get back to the podcast but at the same time not even being four months postpartum yet like that's i mean people give themselves a year off well in other countries that have proper social systems yeah and we've had plenty of ideas about what we'd like to do about the podcast and talked about it but it just didn't feel like the time to record i guess and now it does well not only did it not feel like the time to record but also basically what was happening y'all was I couldn't even get into the recording studio because every day is like a marathon. And then when we get both of our kids to bed, I'm like, I don't want to go record a podcast. And most of that was because of the amount of production that was going in to every single episode. And that's on the front end, I'm show prepping. Um, On the back end, I'm literally listening to it in real time and editing I mean, I'm editing for timing, spacing. I had to take all your individual pops of your peas out because I didn't have a pop filter. A laborious task. (laughs) (laughs) And so drove me fucking nuts, y'all. This is how dedicated I am to this podcast: is that I manually took out all of Mister Day Lover's on his peas. But now I got you a pop filter, so hopefully that's not going to happen. But anyway, it was it was troubling me to like think about doing an episode because I felt so far from the finished product even when I thought about it because I knew if we recorded an episode it would be days before I could finally put all that editing in just to get it up so then cut to I'm on my postpartum hallucinogenic mushroom healing journey with two of my besties and I have this profound thought and I share that I was on mushrooms when I thought it because I don't know I feel like the nuance, the context. The context is appreciated here. Yeah. <clears throat> because it, because this idea felt so profound to me in the moment, and I still think it's a good idea, but I could end up regretting it immensely. So I'm sitting on the rock and thinking about how the only reason we haven't gotten back to the podcast is because I don't want to edit it. And then it occurs to me, what if we call season two unedited? In each episode... Is, I mean, it's basically live. My background, my love is live broadcasting. I can fucking do it. But can I release the control? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, uh, because control is such a thing with you. It's kind of funny. Uh, so, wow. couple of thoughts about this. Something I feel like 
folks should know is that after we record an episode, you have to edit it right away and get it out. Like you are down here banging away at it for hours and hours until it's done. And like, you just get out of her way. Like she's got a job <laughs> to do. And oh just... yeah. I'm manic when I edit. Right. Sure. So just the thought of you, like not editing the podcast <laughs> right after we record it, just like that alone kind of blows my mind. I, knew I was getting reasonably scared when you began this story with, well, this idea occurred to me on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And my fears were realized. Totally. Well, I feel like that's such a sophomore album thing to do. Like we're going to do it unedited, you guys. Like we're going to go raw. We're going to raw dog the podcast. And it was hilarious because we happened to be listening to an episode of the Social Ecology podcast, which we both love. And then they mentioned doing an unedited episode. Did they really? I don't remember yeah. this at all. Yeah, totally. So it was kind of uh, a funny little synchronicity. It was a sign that we Perhaps. are meant to do it. Well, you know, it's artsy. It's unedited. It's like having an album that's like untitled. But okay, I'm going to try because it at, at this point, it's a matter of putting something out and I'm really proud of season one I think it's one of the best things I've ever made and a lot of it is because of all the editing that went into it I can do this unedited and I have a ton of amazing interviews planned with really exciting guests for this season (laughs) yes but in order to not edit these things like it's all show prep on the front end like you have to make sure that everyone's ready to go and I can drive this thing, baby. I could drive this with my eyes closed. I have full confidence and faith in you. You know that I appreciate your work and I admire all of your efforts. At the same time, I do have to say, I don't think you can put out (gasps) a a single unedited episode. I think you will have to go back and, and kind of fine tune it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm probably, you're probably right, but also I just want to get these things up so that I can spread the message to the masses, but also so that I can get the dopamine hit of finding out that people are listening to the episode and I check our stats every day. We're almost at 10,000 downloads. That is incredible. I think also it will be a great challenge then because then we don't have the luxury of just kind of wandering off into different things and then being able to edit it out later. (laughs) We'll have to get it right and keep our rein ourselves in. So I think that'll be cool if if we're going to try for it, really. I thrive on live entertainment, baby. So let's, um, here we go. Welcome to season two of Remodeled. Unedited, unedited, unedited. (laughs) I'm enthusiastic. I think that we should catch people up on our lives. So, you know, March 10th, we had the baby. Joe pointed out to me that Lucius, which means light, but also born at dawn. Yes, Lucy means born at dawn, of which Lucius is derived. Right. And Joe pointed out to me the other day casually that our little Lucius was born at dawn. I My mind was like, I couldn't get in the car. I was like, how have I not realized this? That's so fucking beautiful. Right in time for McDonald's breakfast. Yep, that's right. I ate three bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits as my postpartum meal while I laid on my couch and got taken care of. Anyway, that episode exists at the end of season 12. So we had this baby. And... At the same time, a lot was happening in our lives. And you know, during season one, Joe fell in his first hardcore, like, intense love. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, those those are some funny episodes to look back on. Yes, absolutely. And it is really weird now. And it's so interesting. And and if you follow us on social media, you people started to pick up on it. That was weird to me. Because in one photo, I for the first time referred to her as metamore slash girlfriend. And somebody was like, what's this meta slash girlfriend thing all about? But we never really talked about it on the podcast that then her and I, right around like just before birth, like fell in love. Did we talk about it? We sort of alluded to it here and there, but we definitely didn't focus on it. We had a different direction and idea, of course, for the first season. And sometimes we did updates and things, but not always. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. So anyway, we fell in love. And there's more to this story that I want to talk about in the second half of the show because it's so beautiful and I want to present it to the world as what is possible when adult, grown-up, mature people who do their work, the things, the dramas that you can go through in that scenario and still be okay? Yeah, there's a lot of richness in all of that, I feel like. So right after the baby, you go through this breakup and your heart's fucking broken. Yeah, definitely was. And on top of that, our baby had... I mean, just issue after issue, nothing critical. But to use a Joe-ism, we got our grills fucked. Yeah, I mean, we were just, you know, getting <laughs> tossed around here and there by the needs of the baby. and yeah. Our baby had digestion issues, and so it, we were in and out of the doctor multiple times a week because they didn't like his weight situation on top of he was clearly in a lot of pain a lot of pain so we had to try a lot of different things and it took uh, a lot of some medication freaking I was so over the fucking doctor and I was really losing my mind and it really brought me the intensity of it brought me to the point of just like nothing else we were in survival yeah there is no time for anything else I mean, I was working at the time, but it was still remote and, you know, I could sort of do it when I, when it was convenient for me. So uh, we're so blessed and so privileged. I feel like having a, a newborn is going to take you into survival first. I mean, they call it the fourth trimester. So it's supposed to be three months of like survival. But on top of that, like just to be having if things were going wrong. And so it was just fucking hard. Yeah, um, on top of just wildly different like sleeping patterns <laughs> throughout this whole thing. Oh and so God. which have settled and calmed to a, a good extent now. But yeah, I mean, the transition from one to two rocked our worlds because we're realizing now that Aslan, our firstborn, was an easy baby. Yeah. So this the, is more the reality what we're currently dealing with. Yeah. Our doctor had to like sit me down and be like, I want you to realize that Aslan was abnormal and how easy he was. <laughs> and like, this is more than normal experience. We were like, oh. And I, so, so many people told us that going from zero to one babies was way harder than going from one to two because you already know what you're doing. And I would like to say that I officially disagree with that. Can somebody write that down, put it in the meeting notes? Jess officially disagrees with that. Seconded. <laughs> oh, really? I wasn't sure where you stood on that. Oh, no, 100%. Because Aslan napped and he didn't really fuss a whole lot. He was generally like a content 
happy kid and he didn't have separation anxiety. He let lots of different people hold him. And this is in the book four times, obviously. And so it just flowed really nicely. I mean, it was obviously a huge change, but we got our sleep. I remember often feeling like a lot of people were coming up to us and kind of doing the annoying thing that people do when they're like, oh, you guys getting much sleep? You know, it's so annoying. And then us being like, yeah, actually. (laughs) Which annoyed people who weren't getting sleep. That's really what it was, is he didn't have any health issues and he slept like a fucking champ. Yeah, it was easy compared to the situation that we've been dealing with. Right. And I went through like an existential freak out because a lot of people end up with something called a fussy baby. Like that's a thing. There are um, support groups on Facebook for parents of fussy babies. Like it's a category of baby and then they range in high need, like the need range within that category. And I was certain that that's what we had and props props fucking props for the rest of my life to all the parents who survived that um and but, worse yeah but as soon as we got his digestion figured out he's been this little happy buddha baby yeah he's such a happy kid he smiles a lot we say that he smiles with his whole face yeah his whole every muscle in his face moves when he smiles it's and the he cutest. does it to everybody it's so cute my God, yeah he's, he's such just, an endearing child god he's so fucking cute and special and really the only issue now is that he wants to be held to nap he wants to contact nap during the day um our babysitter is a witch and that's why i love her because she can get him today she said he napped for four hours (laughs) i was like get the fuck out of here he naps in like 20 minute spurts for us anyway fuck i would edit this out (laughs) if i could (laughs) told you no let me me. Uh, fuck i might edit this out like i don't she's gonna we're really stoned maybe we shouldn't get stoned before we do this shit (laughs) (laughs) i think it's going decently Uh, i don't know i'd have to listen back to it and decide if i wanted to cut all of this out if you're still hearing this if you're listening to this right now that means i didn't edit it out okay yeah obviously (laughs) (laughs) shut up okay I have no idea if this is interesting to people, but this is our life right now. So we're getting our grills fucked in all these different directions and um, you're getting your heart broken. And then I got my heart broken. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, That fucking sucks. We'll talk about that in the second half. And um, I mean, in in nothing bad, we want to tell you how beautiful the story is. Yeah, we're here to extrapolate. No tea. No tea. Yeah, no, no. Um, All in good taste here. So all these like horrible things are happening. I finally admit that I think I have postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And I'm realizing I definitely had it after our firstborn. That's a whole other story. But I'm really proud of myself because I got on meds. I am proud of you as well. And you really, in general, took charge of your health. I've been going to yoga a lot more. And just taking the time that you need for rest and such so that you can show up as your best self. And so I applaud your efforts. Thank you. I applaud my efforts. And I am thankful that we have um, a family that can do that. It's a privilege and a blessing and a choice that we make every day. Um, Shout out to all the medicated mamas out there. And I am doing a shitload of yoga. It's amazing. Um, At the same time that all these awful things were happening... Um, the remodeled social media is taking off. Yeah. <laughs> so I released a video of me at seven months pregnant and I can't see my vagina and Joe is shaving me, like prepping me for a date. 
it fucking hit 1 million views. Actually, today it hit 2 million views. 2 million people <laughs> have seen you. All they can see in the video is your face. Correct. Shaving my vag. How do you feel? I feel amazing. 2 million people. How many people <laughs> did it just come across their For You page on TikTok and they're like, is that Joe Day Lover? <laughs> you know, before this whole thing got so many views, I had suspected that that was some of my best work and <laughs> I was proven correct. That's incredible. So I'm simply getting recognized for my talents. 2 million people. And I feel like, as you should, babe. Um, a lot of the comments are people are like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. That's like 50%. But the other 50% of the comments are, you're a whore. I bet you don't even know who the daddy of the baby is. <laughs> and calling you a cuck. That's not a man. That's a cuck. He's a cuck because he's shaving his pregnant ass wife's vag for a day. I mean... It's sort of the definition of cuck, but what's with the cuck shaming? Right. I think they just haven't embraced their own inner cuck. That's the issue we're dealing with <laughs> Oh my with God, here, I'm folks. turning that into a fucking shirt. Embrace your inner cuck. <laughs> the benefits are vast. You know what we need? Oh my gosh. Let's make this into a TikTok, like a fake like cologne sketch, like you laying on a bed and nothing but socks. <laughs> it's like, smell taste feel embrace your inner cuck i'm here for it i think it's cool (laughs) okay definitely doing that um so yeah that that's going on i'm trying to keep up with everything our coaching clients like every week we get two to three requests for coaching and then every client sticks around for more sessions and so now we have this like rolodex of clients whom we love love every single person we've ever fucking worked with big time so that's amazing. And if you're listening to this and you're interested in um, some polyamorous coaching, it's like peer-to-peer support, but we we decided to call it coaching because there is this um, kind of like third base coach element to it. Right. And, you know, we love good baseball metaphors around here. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life, it's baseball metaphor right on. So, yeah. If you're listening to this and you want some coaching, we I launched a website because at one some point I was like, okay, this little baby that I birthed through Home Slice Productions is now its own thing. It's like in its teenage years. You it know, gestated very quickly. Yeah, it's all come together really well. And I've just been so blown away with the people that we've gotten to talk to and who are sharing all these details about their lives. And we're, you know, they're supporting them and getting to know them at this really cool level. And it's just a lot of fun to see people and encourage them along their path. Amen. So um, I launched remodeledlove.com. Go check it out. It's got links to all of our social media. Um, It's got information on how to coach with us and um, it also has information on how you can tip us so if you want to become a member of our patreon for as little as three dollars a month check out patreon.com slash home sites productions or just go to remodeledlove.com and you can click you can just send me a one-time venmo um, people send us money all the time it's like 15 dollars. go get a coffee for you and joe and it's like oh my god somebody halfway across the world just bought us some coffee oh uh, which i love coffee is one of my love languages yes for sure so um it actually costs us money to um, run this podcast so we appreciate people sending us money and joining our patreon um yeah okay i think that's the first half of the show Let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to tell this 
um, this story of this thing that you and I navigated and, and our ex-girlfriend that we all navigated together that I am just so inspired by. Cool. Hey friends, this is Jessica Levity, Day Lover, reminding you that you are not alone on the polyamorous path. If you're looking for peer support or coaching on your non-monogamous journey and you want to work with the Day Lovers, head to remodeledlove.com and book with us today. And we're back with the second hot... <laughs> we're <laughs> off to a roaring start, ladies so and gentlemen. It would be so easy to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to hear it, though. Fuck you. All right. Welcome back to the second half of episode one of season two of Remodeled, <laughs> which we're calling unedited because I'm not allowed to edit these episodes so that I can actually get them to your ears. So thanks for uh, being with us. Uh, yes. A suggestion. <laughs> Maybe let's try one and see how it goes before we commit to an entire season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of, uh, absolutely. If I podcasts. end up needing to edit this, there's no way that I'm going to like be like, well, I already said I wouldn't do it. No way. Um, second half of this episode brought to you by topo chico it's so crispy this sparkling water is giving us life right now in our 100 degree heat here in reno totally um so we live in a really small house so we've never had a baby monitor because we would just be able to hear the baby from any part of the house (laughs) but but um we have like lots of fans going right now and so i used your phone to call my phone to make like a makeshift baby <laughs> monitor. So I so far I haven't heard anything. But while I was calling my phone from your phone, <laughs> you got a text from Philly Jess. Yeah. Didn't realize you guys were still talking. Oh, just casually here. And uh, there. Mm, okay. We scratched his leg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> What, me making fun of you or your relationship with Philly Jess? Oh, you making fun of me. Oh, cool. Right on. I think a lot of it is that you and I have um, returned to cannabis usage, which we've stepped away from for stepping. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely getting edited, I think, at this point. No, which <laughs> we stepped away from. If you're listening to this right now, I did not edit this out. Okay. Probably the rest of the season, if it goes like this, probably going to edit it because this is ridiculous. But I think I'm going to leave this episode because I'm tired. So anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Topo Chico. Oh, you got a text from Philly Jess. Correct. Um, Cute that you're still talking. Okay. So we wanted to tell you guys about this story that happened that I think to 99.9% of the world, it would have been this really big drama, but because of who we are, um, and the tools that polyam that polyamory gives us that we choose to use, we were able to navigate this really tough thing that again, I think would have been a major plot point in some dumb movie somewhere, but it wasn't for us. Yeah, no, this easily has been millions of plot points. (laughs) So Joe wants to like catch you guys up on the story. So I think what we talked about in earlier episodes is how, you know, I wanted to make a more active effort to date and started doing the apps and so on and so forth. And at that time you were talking to someone who really loved the remodeled content and ended up becoming polyamorous with their partner. And you had had some really good exchanges with them. 
and you kind of wingman for me. And so I hit her up on the old Facebook messenger and uh, we hit it off right away. Boom. You know, insane frequency of talking and hanging out because her kids go to school nearby. And so lots of excuses to see each other. And so full on NRE full blast as we're leading up to you having this baby. That's the part you wanted to tell? I don't know. Oh. I mean, this just seemed like the natural place to start. Oh, okay. Well, I th- I thought you were, like, going to tell the whole story. No, no, no. Just, and then that's kind of, at that point, is when you guys fell in love, and that's sort of when you entered the picture is well, you guys when we did, were in NRE. Yeah, well, you guys, like, did your own thing for two months, but by did your own thing, like, this is the peak of the pandemic, and so you were only having distanced masked hangouts and so the tension was building in a lot of different areas and I was very close to the end of my pregnancy so it was just intense and so you guys like were in hardcore NRE for two months and then like right about a month before I was due like her and I fell in love and it was so beautiful because it I just love when it happens like that I don't you know you're the only other person in my life that I think was just my friend and then we fell in love you know Right, yeah, those are the magical ones. Yeah, not to say that like meeting someone on an app or something isn't magical, but this just really blindsided everyone and it was hard. That's its own chapter of maybe like a book or a podcast or something someday when we have the consent of all parties to talk about. Um, but there, we learned so much about couples' privilege by doing it wrong. Yeah. And um, you learned a lot about some internalized misogyny and monogamous brain that you were still holding on to that you weren't really aware of until the situation showed you. Yes, that is indeed true. Um, so it was really rough and really hard and also beautiful because of the shit we had to navigate. But that's not what we're here to um, really talk about tonight. Those details would come later, again, with like consent of all parties. Um, but it was hard when her and I were falling in love. It was hard for you. But we worked through it. And then for like one week, we were like a thruple slash triad, which was like, this is the greatest thing ever. We have totally like figured out peak polyamory and then quickly realized (laughs) it's polyamory on the advanced level. That shit is hard. That's the hardest form of polyamory. Yeah, I think to maintain a consistent sort of balanced flow to all of it is the challenge and i think for much of the whole relationship arc it was just sort of unregulated and that's unsustainable totally he's talking about the nre was unregulated right and just like the frequency of um contact let's say yeah especially when you're married with kids both both parties so anyway um right after i had the baby um you guys broke up yeah, and it was more of like a slow fade right? over time, but essentially, yeah. And I was heartbroken, a little upset, but, you know. I mean, this is what we signed up for. This is what we signed up for and quickly kind of moved through it. And, and at the same time, wanting to be compersive for you, even though that was really hard because you know that's going to bring up some jealousy issues of you're in a relationship with the person that you know I want to be with still you know totally with the I mean, pining so that was definitely hard I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all but I knew that the compersive person is what I want to be and so it felt good to do it at the same time even though it was hard 
this is the plot point that I want to talk about is that when you have mature people inside polyamory who are willing to take responsibility for their feelings, that doesn't, everyone constantly accuses me of saying, of, of releasing this content that seems to be saying to people, you should only be feeling happy thoughts. And if you're feeling negative thoughts, hide them. And I'm like, oh my God, that is literally the opposite of what I preach because I preach shadow work, which is about owning your feelings, but it's about taking responsibility for them. And that's where people get all fucked up. And so if you have a group of people who can take personal responsibility for the emotions they're having, the things they're feeling, be able to make requests clearly and stand in those requests that they're making. Um, again, not ultimatums and not controlling, but just requests um, in s sort of like a boundary, but in a request is a, a more looser like, this is what I want. And you can decide whether or not you can give that to me. And then I can decide whether or not I can handle you saying yes or no to that. Anyway, um, that when you have this group of people willing to do this work, you can navigate something as sticky and as painful as your wife falling in love with your girlfriend and your girlfriend falling in love with your wife at the same time as falling out of love with you. Yeah, so that I think all those components made it extra hard. And I think I want to give a shout out to Lore at this point who's... I, my long distance relationship, they were really great in giving me advice because they have a really awesome polycule and they are really evolved in their polyamory. So they, yeah. they had some really good advice on the throuple dynamic and just ways to reframe things that happen. Right. Which is really, for, for instance, so instead of someone told you they didn't want you, someone else drew a boundary right for instance for themselves right and a simple reframe like that can help go a long way in these situations i'm all about the reframe yeah and you know of course we would have understood if you were like i don't want to be around like i don't want to hear anything but you weren't and again this isn't how somebody would have to be i'm not even saying it's better than a, a, a choice that somebody else would make but I am just in awe of you and proud of us that she was still able to come around and you still supported us in being together, spending time, quality time together, um, watching her kids. Like she still brought her kids over and we still hung out and watched her kids because that's who we want to be. Exactly. And the, those are all really good payoffs. It's, doing a disservice to the beauty of compersion when you just focus on the person who's getting the thing rather than the person who's um, helping to create space. Amen. And props to her for like being able to state what you want, because I can only imagine you're new to polyamory. You, this is your first experience is this really intense, like romantic love for this man. And then out of nowhere falling hard for his wife and then wanting to end the relationship with him it must have been so scary to have those feelings and to like be worried about how you were going to feel and be worried about how I was going to react. And was she going to lose both of us? Was she going to lose us as friends? You know, like, so I'm proud of her too for being able to state what she wanted and being able to claim her space because when you're dealing with a couple, it can be really hard to do that. 
Yeah, and so that's where a lot of the couple's privilege came in. And, you know, it was a different dynamic that I had never really experienced before. I mean, we've shared partners, but this was a totally different situation. So it was challenging in a lot of ways. Totally. And extremely healing in a lot of ways. Like, it was a relationship that I super needed. And and it was in both of our laps for the same amount of time, if you think about it. Oddly, it yeah. was. Yeah. So you uh, maybe a couple of months. It was like two months, yeah. Each. And, yeah. And I just love, and like we were fine the whole time. There was a rough patch where you were dealing with just stuff that was manifesting as you being mad at me that I like stole your girlfriend. Yes, naturally. Um, But again, this woke ass man over here is able to like be like, what am I talking about? And kind of take it back to my origin. This is what we tell our clients, like go back to your sort of anchor statements of why are you doing this? You know, why are you polyamorous? And so for us, it's to pursue that learning and growth with various dynamics. And some of them are sexual and some of them are not. And yet we sort of focus on this one component as if it means more than these other elements. Yeah, that was beautiful. And um, it it's so interesting to, I listened back to season one on some walks recently and it was so interesting from the other side to listen to that story unfold and polyamory is so exciting in that way and that you just you don't know who's going to come into your life next and what medicine they're going to have for you yeah amen to all of that and I remember feeling nervous about dating initially because part of the reason I was not really proactive is worried about getting my heart broken and you know (laughs) the shame of rejection and all of that fun stuff yeah And so that, um, yeah, all of those are real fears, but it's really been a good journey for me to kind of come through the other side of that and work through it. Proud of you. Proud of us. Um, so yeah, that's the story. That's the story that I wanted to share with everyone is like, we had this really intricate situation that I think a lot of people would imagine would wreck someone and it was really fine. For the most part, yeah, I would. I would it, agree. It was painful, but it was fine. We were never unstable. No, I don't think so. So you talked about like why you're polyamorous, and I thought, what a great time to call in season one of episode two of Remodel the Podcast. Wait, <laughs> scratch that. What was that? I, I would edit this out too. God. This is like the third thing that I want to edit out so bad. Um, Episode one of season two of Remodeled. What a great time for you to state an intention. What are you calling in to your polyamorous spirit for um, this season in your life? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about that as kind of my polyamorous life unfolding on the podcast is such an interesting element. And so I've reflected on that a little bit, this notion of calling something in and, I remain open to a variety of different kinds of relationships, friendships, dating, you know, um, amorous ones of all kinds. And so, yeah, I am looking for a compatible spirit, I guess, Mm. on whatever sort of part of the spectrum that lands and for however long it lands. And I think that recently what's been really helpful with the online dating is to kind of unattach from the sort of like how things flow because you end up just with a lot of like drop contacts and so kind of unattaching from 
that whole part of it has been really helpful. Right on. Um, I am calling in, God, I don't even know. I keep downloading apps and then deleting them. Like I'll download an app, make a profile, start swiping, get a match and then freak out and delete it. And obviously that means I'm not ready. And who would be? I mean, again, I'm only almost four months postpartum. It's, it's not like I'm desperate or anything. It's just that I feel a yearning. My healing after this pregnancy, physical healing has been a lot um, quicker. So I feel like I have these urges to want to go out and feel that NRE and just like something really nice that makes me feel like a woman and a sexual being and not a mother or, you know, just this whole thing. I want to feel like this, my own independent sexual woman who is not even attached to other people. Like that's, I think the motivation that gets me looking. I saw this meme meme today about just like that women are also people (laughs) or that that sorry that mothers are also like whole ass people and that's really what resonated with me so anyway that's the motivation that gets me to download an an app but then i'm like i don't i don't have the spoons i used to love hunting i used to love being on the prowl this is so true yeah and i'm really good at it and you got to go through like my ratio is like 20 to 1 like 20 just shitty conversations or or 10 of those are you're excited about and then the match just doesn't work out to find this one diamond in the rough and you ride the nre and you ride the dick you ride the sex well (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad you laughed at that while it's good and then you get your heart broken at the three-month curse and you move on um but anyway all of that's to say i really need some love to just fall in my fucking lap kind of like um our ex-girlfriend just fell into my lap and onto my face. Hey, <laughs> Can I just say that all of that was so beautifully articulated? I think exactly how you described yourself as wanting to be an independent sexual being who is liberated and separate from their parental identity. I think that is exactly what I'm calling in as well. Hot. <clears throat> I would really like a boyfriend and a girlfriend or, you know, two partners a mask energy and a feminine energy cool. um two completely different things that i feel like i need right now i need some titties for sure i thought the plan was to have a slutty summer what happened to that um i can't i don't have the spoons yeah i hear you it takes effort i and i am kind of tiring with the effort at times myself. and as a demisexual like occasionally something comes across my plate or falls in my lap like i said but then my switch is off and i'm just like fuck so right. i'm universe jesus if you're listening <laughs> i am really like calling in some really just and somebody that really loved our family and wanted to be around in like because when you went on your two-night sexcapade bumble rumble (laughs) it was great i was happy to hold that space down it was a struggle for me on the second night i worked through it um it would have been so nice to have my like for me to have a partner that's like oh my god joe's leaving for two nights like hell yeah i'll be over there you know and tonight and to have that help but also that time with that partner and then it it allows you to leave easier. It's coming, babe. It's coming. Yeah. All right. Well, I think 
I think that this is episode one of season two. How do you feel about it? I feel really good. There's been a lot going on, and so I think we covered the updates reasonably well. And I'm so stoked for all the people that we're going to talk to this season, as well as just what unfolds in our lives. And it's really amazing to catalog here. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you've got an interesting polyamory story that you want to share send us an email again remodeledlove.com you can find a contact page or email us remodeledlove at gmail.com and tell us like your interesting polyamory setup or why you think that you would be an interesting interview and possibly get you in season two is pretty packed yeah i'm so excited for that yeah me too and okay i find us on tiktok at home size productions instagram and twitter at Remodeled Love. And anything else you want to add, babe? I am just really... I guess... <laughs> Fuck, that was my one. I had to get one in before the episode. You want me edit. to edit that out? I'm edit not going to edit it out. It. <laughs> we love you guys. You're listening to Remodeled, the podcast. I fall in love just a little, a little bit in 